This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, May 21st, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If you were listening before we were recording, Steve and I did an entire show already, but I digress. If you have yet to sign up for our text alerts, they are free to all registered members of the sites. You will get all breaking news on there. We also need you to go give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done so as yet. And we have a 60% off deal going for those who want to join and get a VIP membership. If you had done so, you would have access to people like 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Doing great. Excited to be on the talk. Ohio State football recruiting as the Buckeyes continue to be in the middle of it for many of the nation's best prospects. The top 247 was updated yesterday with a focus on defense. I would like you to talk about the high riser from Ohio State, Mike Hall. In celebration of the rankings, I went back and looked at his video. I think sometimes when guys commit to Ohio State early on in the process, especially if they're in-state, maybe we lose a little luster on them. Talk about Mike Hall and why you guys moved him up the way you did. Well, we're, as you said, we're kind of doing a deep dive on the defensive position and really digging into the film again and, and digging into information and digging into analytics. And uh, when I say analytics, digging into – you know, weight heights and weights and, and, and productivity of, of prospects um, that were drafted and going back and, and looking at what they looked like as juniors and seniors in high school. And then comparing those profiles uh, to, to guys that are currently uh, juniors going to be seniors in high school. And, you know, my call has a profile uh, that says he's going to get drafted very high. Uh, I mean, when you talk about the measurements he has, uh, and, and then you turn on the tape and, and you compare it to, to tape. I mean, he's incredibly quick. I mean, his get off off the snap, his hands, um, uh, these are natural abilities uh, that he has too. It's, and, and so uh, he'll, he'll, he'll continue to progress, you know, as a football player, as anyone does, the more years they play, but I mean, he just brings some, he just brings some traits to the, to the, the game uh, when he rolls out of bed that are just natural that other other people don't. And then another thing that kind of stands out about my call is just his age in general. I mean, you could easily stick my call in, in this 2022 class instead of 2021. He's one of the younger guys uh, in, in this class. And, and so um, with that, you, you're still saying he's still got uh, even more in the tank on the prep level uh, before he even gets to Ohio State from just a pure maturation standpoint. So uh, my call seems like one of the no-brainers uh, in this class. And if Ohio State can add Taiwan Malone, who uh, even talking to uh, a coach yesterday uh, on the next level, that's not even in the mix for Taiwan Malone saying he's better than what y'all give him credit for. And that's kind of like the way the colleges, like I know the fans get all, 
in a dither and, and think that there's a bias against their team or, or what we're just trying to get it right. I like the way that that coach said it uh, yesterday. Yeah, Tywin Malone's probably a little better than you give him credit for um, because we're giving him credit. I mean, we think he's, you know, 110 or whatever we have Tywin Malone, but you know, that coach thinks he's better than that. So that was the way he enunciated it. And I thought it was funny, but if, if Ohio State can add those two uh, on the interior with Jack Sawyer and Tunisi and, um, uh, and, and possibly JT as well. You know, this is a, a really, really special uh, potential defensive line hall. I'm trying to think of a defensive tackle prospect I like better than Mike Hall in recent memory, and I'm, I'm struggling. As uh, 24-7 divided and conquered the release, your deal was the top players that are uncommitted and where they're leaning. Thankfully, it felt like an Ohio State article. Can you touch on the Ohio State points from that piece? Well, JT, I put a crystal ball to Ohio State this week with a five confidence rating. I'm never going to log a pick without at least a five confidence rating or I feel like you're still in that foggy era. Now, if I have a young man that's like an eight or a nine on the confidence rating and then that changes, I don't mind going to a one or a two later uh, as recruitings or recruitments are fluid. Uh, but I, I think Ohio State's in a, in, a, in a good spot for JT at this point. I don't know if it's like the exact ideal situation he's looking for. I think if you were to ask them, this is just me speculating, if you were to say, I think he would love to see better defensive line development out in his neck of the woods. Uh, and, and then it would just be easier for him to decide on a school closer to home. Uh, but Ohio State player development um, and, and what they've done on the field in the win-loss column and in the big games and the big stage that Ohio State plays on uh, with an opportunity to play for arguably the best defensive line coach in college football, uh, I think that he, you know, would sacrifice distance for that as it stands right now. And, and so I think it's up to the other schools uh, to, to prove – Hey, you can maximize your potential here. And, and, and so we'll see if, if that happens. Uh, Emeka Buka, uh, Ohio State is my prediction, confidence level eight. Um, I, I feel really good about it. I feel about as good as you can about where Ohio State stands for Emeka Buka without like catching word or catching wind that he's going to go to Ohio State for sure. So that's why I have an eight uh, in there uh, for Emeka. Um, he's still talking to Washington, of course, uh, Oklahoma, and, and Clemson. So we'll see uh, how his recruitment goes moving forward. But I, I think that Ohio State's got a comfortable lead for Emeka Igbuka. And, and then J.C. Latham, I think that one's tight, to be honest, Dan. I mean, I still have my Ohio State pick uh, for the Buckeyes, but Alabama's uh, making a maneuver there. Um, uh, Evan Neal, who played at Bradenton IMG Academy the year before, Starts all 13 games as a true freshman uh, at Alabama. I, I think that that link between JC and Evan is helping Alabama. In addition to, when I mean, you talk about the defensive line development at Ohio State, and the offensive line development at Alabama right now is second to none. Uh, when you're talking about guys getting drafted high year after year after year at that position, uh, it's an attractive place. And then LSU's in the middle of that recruitment. Uh, they, they, you know, they just won the Joe Moore award and, and had a few guys drafted and obviously won the national title and, and they've done a good job of having that relationship with JC. And then uh, Oklahoma is another school that I think there's an intrigue level uh, with and that all offensive linemen should consider Oklahoma when you talk about um, what they've done uh, with, with getting guys drafted in a similar fashion to Alabama. And, and, and believe it or not, it's, it's been Alabama and 
um, Oklahoma, maybe some other schools that have had more draft success as of late than uh, Wisconsin, who would be like the school the layman would pick which schools developed the best offensive linemen. I think the layman would say Wisconsin, and, and uh, certainly they've done a great job, and, and so has Iowa and some of those places. But it's really been Alabama and Oklahoma right now. Should wait for the draft we have coming up when Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers both possibly get picked in the first round. I think they're going to be the first guard and first center off the board. They'll certainly help recruiting. I hope you're right based on our rankings, man, because I think we had Wyatt as our number one guard. And then uh, uh, Josh Myers, I know we had as a had as a five-star coming out. I think I'm going back and double. Nope, we did not. He was our number two oh, guard. He was our number two offensive guard. So I'm correcting myself on the air here, guys. The idea of Mike Call, Jack Sawyer, and JT Tumalau with Tunisi Adelaide and possibly Taiwan Malone in the same class is just borderline insane. We are going to take a quick break, come back, and hit some of the Q&A submissions you guys gave us. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. We are back. Once again, Dave Bill and I will be putting up a thread before every BM5 asking for your questions so we can make sure to hit on the topics you want to talk about with our guests. We will begin today with Ebron84. Steve. Do you think Hudson Wolf, the tight end prospect from, is it Kentucky or it's Tennessee? I always get Kentucky. He's from Tennessee. Yeah, I, get, I get those states confused often. Does he have a chance of getting a four-star when the rankings update comes in June? By the way, recruit Knicks, these updates will come the third Wednesday of every month. Do you think Hudson Wolf has a chance to get a fourth star when the rankings update comes in June? It seems like he's been valued by a lot of schools. He's definitely valued by a lot of schools. He's a coveted recruit. Uh, I, my crystal ball is on Ohio, Ohio State. And I like that pick. Um, but Barton Simmons, our director of scouting, uh, although he likes Hudson Wolf, unless he gets another opportunity to see him, I don't see Hudson getting a bump. If you, if you read his uh, player evaluation uh, on his profile, whether you agree with Barton or not, he, he, he puts in there, his evaluation of him, and, and uh, uh, I could read it here if you want me to, um, but I, I think he explains why Hudson Wolf is ranked where he's ranked, and, and then it's up to y'all to just agree or disagree with his with his uh, eye eye on it. Steve, if you look at what Ohio State has done with 2021 and then 22, how much have they separated themselves from the rest of the Big Ten? And if the other schools aren't developing at the same rate, that increases the gap. Your vibe on Ohio State's status within its league? Well, I, I think that they're continuing to – I mean, I don't know how much more talented Ohio State can get. I, I think they keep maintaining uh, They keep maintaining how good a football team they are. And uh, um, obviously we know the player development is going to be fantastic there. Um, and, and, and anytime they step on the field in a game in the Big Ten – they're going to be the more talented team. Um, I, I think that 
if they show up to play, they're 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 going to they're going to win the football game. Um, I, I still think that um, Penn State is his recruiting at a level and developing at a level that allows them to be competitive with Ohio State. Um, I don't know if that will change over the next couple of years. Um, you know, for Penn State, they can't have they can't really have, there's no room for air with. So Penn State, their recruiting isn't about who they missed. It's about who they got and if they missed within that, if that makes sense. And, and so are they are they recruiting guys that have the upside and the mental toughness? And and when I say mental toughness, like Penn State's obviously not scared of Ohio State right now. You know what I mean? And, and so um, they are they going to continue to recruit guys that fit that? You know, um, because, for instance, like Michigan State, there was a time – where they were in that in that mold, but now they're not. And, and and so, can Penn State continue to sustain where their their place in college football? Can they go? Can, they're trying to take it up another level now too. They're not just trying to sustain their spot, but um, they they they've recruited, in my opinion, at a level that um, keeps them in, in the conversation of uh, you know they're getting top fifteen classes but then I think they're turning them in the top 10 football teams. If that makes sense. Do you agree with that? And, and, and so with that, they are, they deserve to be on the same field with Ohio State, but they're always going to be the underdog. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think you crushed that. The guy who does the Michigan podcast, I believe his name is Steve Deese, a good point on this and that there's never going to be a time because there never has been that Ohio State isn't one of the better teams in the Big Ten. It's just there's been eras where other teams come up and run with them, like you said about Michigan State, uh, Michigan and Penn State. So good to be king. Steve, do you believe, from Bob the Buckeye 59, I think this is a general question that a lot of people have. When visits start back up, do you think there's going to be a national flurry of decommitments? I don't. I don't think kids should decommit, even though they're going to take visits. I think schools are going to understand that these are different circumstances. So, I, for the reasons why they committed, are the reasons why they should stay committed while they're looking around or, or double checking their work. Uh, I do think that there will be some decommitments um, for sure. I, I do think that there'll be some schools that will want decommitments because they just took guys too in the moment that aren't necessarily guys that they love. And so it's going to go both ways. I think there'll be some decommitments, um, but I, you know, we're in uncharted water, so I couldn't like tell you exactly how it's going to go down. Questions from Stony Rock. It is for me, since you included yourself, blah, blah, blah. Could you give a hint on staffing since Bill G is gone? He of course is referring to Bill Green. I don't like to talk about staffing. As you noticed, I don't get involved in those discussions on the boards. All I can tell everybody is it is our goal to, have a replacement in there as soon as possible. It's a crazy time in the business world. I hope people understand that. You know, we're going to strive to give you guys the best possible coverage and have that spot filled as soon as we can. 350ZJK says, any chance we could read the transcript tomorrow? I got to give this guy some credit. He's clearly going to post this request on every single podcast we do. So I appreciate his diligence. We have not yet found a system that can produce the transcript for us here the way we like. We will continue to look, and you will continue to post that, and we will move on. 32 Buckeye Forever is going to put you on the spot. Who will surprise us the most by filling one of the final spots of this class of 2021? 
I think you guys get such great coverage at Bucknuts. I don't know yeah. if there could be a surprise name. I mean, they they would have to rally for like like a guy like Tristan Lay, who they're swinging they're swinging hard at Tristan Lay. They would love to get him, but it seems like they're down the list. So I don't really know who He's to a like. Kid point from Virginia. To a yeah, um, and 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 again, I don't expect him to go to Ohio State, but I think Ohio State covets him and they're recruiting him, and I think that he's going through his process slow enough that perhaps Ohio State could maybe make a move, but uh, it's tough to say that there's going to be a surprise recruitment um, unless Ohio State's recruiting a guy hard right now that none of us know about, and I just couldn't speculate on that because I because I don't know. Real quick, you can do the non-Buckeye. What was your all-time favorite recruitment to follow, someone who did not land at Ohio State? My all-time favorite recruitment to follow? I don't – oh, man, I'm never good at those loaded questions. Um Oh. I'll just give mine. Then. Um, I, I, here, I would just say, I would say my, one of my best moments in this job. So this is a, a pat myself on the back moment, but I predicted Manti Teo to Notre Dame and I got luckily right. But I remember, cause it's not like anyone in the camp told me he was coming. And I was so young as a reporter in this business. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but Manti Teo's recruitment was wild. Um, and there were people that thought he was going to be he was the overwhelming favorite going into the decision. And it was almost like you had to, when he announced for Notre Dame during a, uh, a, a live broadcast from Hawaii on ESPN from like this humongous, it, well, he wasn't even like the featured guy. Like everyone got their same moment uh, at the, at this big thing that they do in Hawaii for the prospects. And when he picked Notre Dame, it almost didn't even sound right. Um, um, but I, I, I got the, the prediction, right. Luckily it wasn't even based on any like inside information. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you in hindsight why I picked Notre Dame. Um, he did took his official visit to Notre Dame, um, uh, for the, uh, Syracuse game when Notre Dame lost and their fans, their students were throwing snow at the sideline. Um, um, but I do know Charlie Weiss and, and, uh, um, Notre Dame recruited him as hard as anybody and, and people kind of forget like Urban Meyer, Charlie Weiss and Pete Carroll were, are like the three head coaches that come to mind for me that were outworking the other head coaches that they put they put um, rules in place to kind of stop those guys from outworking their peers to level the playing field for their peers as far as contact head coaches can have and, and um, you know Charlie uh, he he obviously had a he had more of a uh, affinity for the offensive side of the ball, uh, where you know Pete uh, Carroll and, and Urban Meyer, you know they're two of the all-time greats, and, and Coach Weiss isn't. But he it wasn't for lack of effort uh, from Coach Weiss. I'll give you two Buckeye recruitments that I really enjoyed. One was Jerome Baker out of Cleveland Benedictine because if you remember, he originally committed to Florida and I was crushed. And then he came back to the right side and picked the Buckeyes. The other one was Vaughn Bell because that is one of the announcements I watched on television where nobody really knew where he was going. I don't think there was a ton of confidence he was coming to Ohio State. Ohio State didn't know he was coming. I remember. And then he put on the correct hat. So that was super cool. Got to be like a fan and get my heart in my throat. So that was awesome. All right, last question. And we're going to go through this a little more quickly than we would otherwise. It's a three-part question. Just give your initial vibe. And then uh, maybe we'll come back next week and put some meat on it. 
Who is a better quarterback prospect, C.J. Stroud or Kyle McCord? Well, I would go with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, I think, is like the number four player, number six player in my own personal rankings. I, obviously, I gave him a higher bump because he's a quarterback. And, and then I also believe that Ryan Day and Ohio State will get the best out of him. I like Kyle McCord. I, I just don't see him in the same way that I see C.J. Stroud. Better offensive line prospect, Paris Johnson or J.C. Latham? I would give the slight edge to Paris Johnson. Um, but there are some college coaches that will tell you that – I shouldn't say some. One college coach yesterday said that J.C. Latham is the uh, best offensive line prospect he's seen in the last five years, so that would include Paris Johnson, obviously. And then, and then I know that J.C. Latham is – is a guy that's at like the very top of several several boards, regardless of position. I don't know if Paris Johnson ever was that with guys like Brian Brzee and and some of those cats running around last cycle. Better defensive line prospect, Jack Sawyer or Nick Bosa? I think we talked about this last week. Um, it's not almost not fair for Jack, who's a good prospect, and hindsight being twenty twenty on on. Bosa, I mean, Bosa was 260 pounds in high school and just kind of a freak. I mean, it's not fair to ask that. Uh, it would be more like Brian Brzee's in that same realm, but not many people, not many people are that. Like Brian Brzee is a guy that we franchised with our rating of him of over 100. I don't, I don't think we'll be, I don't think we'll franchise Jack Sawyer, but that still doesn't mean he won't be a first round draft pick. So we started hearing about Nick Bosa earlier than almost any other recruit ever because Joey was en route and because of his legacy status, his uncle being Eric Kumaro, his father, John Bosa, was a New Englander that was picked in the first round out of Boston College. I do remember the St. Thomas Aquinas football coach, and by the way, we all know the list of players that have come out of there. He said Nick was the best football player he'd ever coached in high school. And he said that, first of all, football coaches don't like to come out and say stuff like that. And he said it when Joey was still at Ohio State. And then I watched the Super Bowl, and I thought he was the best player on the field. We appreciate Steve's effort, especially doing two shows today, one for me and my house, and then one for y'all. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Take care, y'all. See you in the front row. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.